Welcome to Candyman, a podcast where we're going to please ask you to put down your books of the blood because we're not talking about that. We're not talking about the source material for the Candyman movies. Instead, we're talking about Sweet Tooth, the show on Netflix and reviewing a piece of candy. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And this episode, we're going to be talking about episode six of Sweet Tooth, Stranger Danger on a train. And then later in the episode, we're going to be reviewing one of my favorite pieces of candy, Twizzlers. So stay tuned for that. Very excited to talk. Uh, we've certainly teased this pretty hard on the podcast at this point. Indeed. What's the Twizzler slogan? Makes mouths happy? Is that right? Sure. I don't know. Is that true? I remember I some commercials is. like that. Yeah, make ma- make mouths happy. Alex, are you saying you like to make mouths happy? I do. It <laughs> makes my mouth happy. I, let's hold that for the end of the podcast. In the meantime, <laughs> I just try to wet the old appetite, try to get a little <laughs> moisten up the mouths, uh, as you say. Uh, I mean, listen, Twizzler. like you said, like you said, Twizzlers are work. So I'm excited to really get into it, get to work here on the podcast, talk about the candy, talk about this episode of Sweet Tooth. Now, spoiler warning on, we're going to assume that you have seen this episode, episode six, but a very brief recap overview of what happened in case you have forgotten if you're listening to this later. This is the episode where Gus, Jeppert, and Bear take a train to Colorado. They meet an old football friend of Jeppert's, run into some trouble with the last men, and then eventually shut it down and move on and actually get to Colorado bringing them together, potentially, probably, with Amy's storyline. <laughs> Meanwhile, Amy has to evacuate the zoo as the last men have discovered it, so the hybrids get out of town while Amy hangs back with her gun and gets ready to fight. And over on the old Sing front, Sing and Ronnie lie to Abbott and say they have a cure for the sick. Abbott believes them, brings them to his stronghold, and they're going to have to figure out how to cure the sick in a very quick period of time but that's calling your shot i, I appreciate yeah. that just like put the care in front of you and, and let's let's go he's close it's not like he's starting from scratch yeah he's got um some he needs some juice he needs some hybrid juice yeah he needs uh he's juice. got a book with some ideas in it it's he's basically got the cure <laughs> it's basically done that's how they cured covid i believe right they came up with the covid vaccine mm-hmm. just some juice in a book it's sort of funny that you say that, but they sort of did that. They were like, hey, we need these now. And they were like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so it's sort of, uh, that's what happened. I'd like to start by talking about the amazing, beautiful shot that we start with here. Uh, just, I like this kind of opening. Pete's in film a be- school. Just the, plus it was like this beautiful opening shot. And then the silky undertones and the voiceover guy just coming in and setting the, setting the table well, for us. that's the funny thing about starting an episode. You got to start it with a shot that really draws the audience in. And that is the way you take your shot. When you're a narrator like I am, you only get to talk. You don't get to be a character, so I really gotta leave it all on the voice. Here we go. Here's my voice. What do you think? I was thinking about this too much since our last episode, but what do you think James Brolin knows about Sweet Tooth? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing? He doesn't need to know anything. All he needs to say is, like, some stories start at the beginning. I guess all of them. Well, here's another piece of the beginning of this here story. And, like, that's sort of... And I I love it. Like, this is not... Not a we're, shot. We're having some it, fun. It is but just it's, great. it's very yeah. It's very like just gets me all ready for the action. I he's great. I just would love to interview him and ask, so what do you think about the character of Gus? And he'd be like, The character of who? Yeah. <laughs> the what, what now? 
Why does he need to know? He's, he's doing his job. Yeah, his his voice, his narration is sort of like putting on a warm wool sweater where it's like really cozy, but just a little itchy. You're like, oh, come on. Don't, don't you know. dare say it's a just little a, itchy. It's a little itchy because it's no a little way. bit. It's a little bit on the nose. It's a little bit, but it's very comforting. It really gets it you is. right ready to sit down and hear a story. Exactly. I definitely spend a lot of time listening to his narration thinking, does this make sense? I don't know if this makes sense. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, that's the matter. itch. It's, that's you're glad the itch. he's there. You're exactly. glad he's there. So yeah, it just starts with the, you know, it's like train, just the classic. You better run. You got to make it. Well, what did you think about the drone on the ground at the same time? There was a drone lying there, sort of sparking and sputtering a little bit. What do you think's happening with that? Well, I think that's a real metaphor for like you know the Drones. future of, of of yeah exactly like are we that broken drone just spinning around you know really what I mean smart. like wow, you uh, really you truly are in film school so it's just uh, you know it's I I liked it there I thought it was a fun plus I hate drones so I wish uh, I I had broken that drone do you feel like that drone was what got the beautiful shot that you were talking about Pete. Yeah, and then it yeah. just happened to crash onto <laughs> onto the screen. It just happened. To That's it. a real mess up if the camera got in the shot there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The center of the shot. I mean, I think it's like maybe uh, Gus and crew are being watched a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe their journey is being clocked not just by James Brolin, but by um, some other more nefarious people. Oh, you think James Brolin is watching it from his home in the sky? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> James Brolin is the ultimate narrator, God himself. Wow. My narrator. Stuff. Yeah, so the very dramatic of making the train, because that's what I was worried about in this episode. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go this part with the train. And they're like, it's not a stop. And I'm like, how the F are you guys going to jump on a moving train? I thought that was great. I love that sequence so much. You know, this show is really suckering me in, I found, just in terms of the pacing and the way that things are shot, because... There is no world where Jeopard is not going to make that train. That's just not yeah. going to happen. But watching that scene, I was like, oh, man, they're going to pull away and he's going to be on the track. He's going to be. Well, let me just... be honest. It looked like he was not going to make that train. It looked he's like... a big man. And that train was going fast. We got back up the truck a little bit here. Gus. Train. Jumps... Back up the train. Great. Jumps Hard on the hook do. and then swings perfectly into a perfect pile of toilet paper that just happens to be on a train. Um, while you you're mentioning right that. that uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. Well, because here's what I, I loved how all the stuff on the train were like uh, what we had for supplies for COVID. You could see the toilet paper, massive amounts of toilet paper. I don't know if you noticed a lot of the shots when they were hiding, the hand sanitizer. Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. thought that was um, motorcycles again. Chaco rockets. I got chocolate rates of chaco rockets oh, right man. at the beginning of COVID. I we believe better be able that you to did. see Alex. what a chaco I mean, rocket is because <laughs> that looks. I mean, if it's chocolate, you can light on fire. I mean, I don't know if it was great. chocolate at the beginning of COVID, but it was definitely, we put on our mask and I was like, well, time to get 18 uh, canned cases of beer. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Moving no up from doubt. the six pack to just got to make sure it's there. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Supply up. <laughs> the liquor stores are one of the only places allowed open outside of like <laughs> random grocery stores. It was a wild time to, to really look at, take a hard look at each other and be like, yep. We're going to go get some booze right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Since we're starting with the train storyline, anyway, why don't we continue to plug through this? Really? Yes, Justin. Uh, well, I was going to say, well, before we... Uh, so Jeopard running, and he starts to see his football highlights, um, which I thought was very cool, good reminder, and really set up the rest of the episode. If you were in Jeopard's position, what highlights would you be seeing to drive you to make it onto the train? 
I, I would just run faster. I, I don't know. Like, no, but what, I mean, that's what I'm saying. What visions are you having to really Pete, get you? Pete, you would 100% picture the trade as a big candy bar, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big, yeah, big yeah. Reese's cup. You're just yeah, trying to get yeah. your... Or a Philly cheesesteak, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're yeah. both tube-like. It's fine. That's like a train. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. Podcasting? Like, I got to make to the podcast on time? Wow. Right. You get the, your uh, snowball mic is just right there at the end. You got to dive for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, JT says? Uh, I don't know. You know, I was uh, I used to tear it up, tear up the ultimate frisbee field. Um, uh, pretty intense, pretty uh, stereotypically, uh, cli- almost a human cliche, uh, you could say. Uh, <laughs> that I did that, but yes, I went to a liberal white guy at a liberal arts college, getting into ultimate frisbee. Yeah, I, I guess that's pretty standard. <laughs> well, talking about this moment, and this is jumping all the way to the end of the episode, but I loved how those shots of Jeopard on the football field paralleled the way that and set up the shot with Jimmy Fatman Jacobs fighting oh the last my man god at the end. dude just Jimmy. such a doing it with the train going through the tunnel the lights flashing in exactly yeah. the same and way. the announcer voice ladies and gentlemen great great just so ugly. good and just the connection this episode or at least this part of the episode was really about jeopard both him Really finding his heart again, like finding the heart he probably had as a football player that made him this amazing football player that everybody loved. He finds that again with getting Dog back for Gus, with standing up to the last men and really inspiring Jimmy to do the same thing by the end. And I love that it was sort of a swerve that you didn't have Jeopard doing that again but that he passed that on to Jimmy and that was the last thing there, that they have this connection. They're sort of very similar people, but on different parts of their journey. I thought that was really lovely. You're you're fast forwarding through a lot of amazing moments. When Jeopard sees the dog through the window and goes like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I lost it. I was like, oh my God, he's gotta somehow get that. Like he's, uh, I like, were there middle parts of the episode? Because I only watched the beginning when Jepper got on the train and he had the football thing, and then I skipped like 30 minutes in there and then went right to the end with Jimmy Fatman Jacobs. It's actually wild that I got any of the subtext there. You watch this every episode on 8x speed, so it's really hard to pick out the detail. <laughs> I'm just saying like that. Everybody's talking very fast and the music is crazy. <laughs> I think I got it, though. I think I got the gist of it. I had just uh, meant like it was some real nice beats. No, I know. We should t- like I was saying, we should talk about the whole storyline. I just thought this parallel was really nice there. That's all. Okay, I see. I see. I agree. Uh, and I the, to sort of take the whole thing um uh, as a as a as a whole sequence like this was about Jeopard and it was about him coming to terms with to the two sides. We, we, the, all the episodes so far has laid out these two sides of the person, the like rough exterior and sort of the soft um, uh, nougat center that we've talked about a lot. Oh, and nougat. this episode, he sort of has to to hold them both at the same time when uh, he's dealing with his old friend. And he gets to see how much, we get to see how much he's changed and, and deal with it directly, which I thought was great and really sets us up for the last couple episodes where we get to see him as this whole person act um, on on the new man he's become. Well, and it also shows off to Bear as well, which is a big deal because Bear and Jeopard have not trusted each other at all. And you can see at the end, Bear yells at Jeopard and says, what are you doing? You really screwed up here. And then when she sees that he has handed Dog, he has found Dog, and that's the whole point of it, Bear completely reevaluates what she thinks of Jeopard there, which I thought was a nice 
dramatic thing at the yeah same time. and then and then later uh jep is like hey if you want to roll with us that's cool with me i mean just very i got very emotional during this episode it was really i nice. will say it was a very pete LePage moment when bear saw dog on the other side of that door and he was like oh shit i was like that is exactly what pete would have done and uh, pete yeah. would have done the same move to get it's dog. just great because he knows he has to get that fucking dog that like he got the Colorado moment like, hey, we made it. We got the kid to forget about it for a second. But he saw that fucking dog and he can't he knows he can't just leave it. Like, I also like the fact that he's not good at subterfuge, that he goes in there. He's a big lies man. Terribly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, li- I liked his lie, though. He's like, yeah, there's a leak up here. Gas yeah. leak. Yeah, don't come up here. It's very Han Solo in um, yeah, yeah. A New We're Hope. We're doing great. Like, How are you? Doing great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great. Everything's fine just fine how, how, how are you another thing that i thought was really nicely teased throughout the episode and is i really i know i'm overemphasizing this but i really feel like a sucker watching this show because it's getting me at every single time like i do not see this stuff coming they're playing the i spy game they see the escaped zoo animals and of course it sort of feels like oh that could be anywhere you know yes zoos everywhere probably let uh, animals go and i didn't immediately connect it to Amy's zoo in my head yeah so then when at the end when we had that moment where gus says i spy with my little eye something that starts with an e as the essex county sign and you realize okay they are going to Amy's zoo all of these things are coming together in a really big way they got me they suckered me Really? Wow, yeah. I'm surprised. I can't say enough about Jimmy. Like the 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 fact that Jimmy's like, "Oh yeah, Grogu." And they're like, "What do you mean?" And he just looks at him like, "Oh, what do I mean? <laughs> what did I say?" And it's just like this like is this guy going to be able to focus good enough to actually get I thought get it was so good? sad. He has uh, we were talking about this and uh, unfortunately joking about it on an earlier podcast that about CTE. I think I was saying I have it, but Jimmy has it and it's just the fact that he can't hold on to those memories is such a bummer, but the fact that he gets it back at the end when he's fighting these guys is kind of powerful and beautiful. Just the the him whooping ass was just so great to see. It was just really fantastic. It was a good, it was one of those moments where I was like, ah, does he really have to sacrifice himself here? Isn't there a way that he could have just left with them? Or it's one of those moments in television or content, or whatever, where you're like, there's another way out of this, but it's much more, the drama is here. So he's- But it's stays. also the honor of what he's doing for his friend and the fact that he's like, I'm sharp right now. I can go out like a boss. Like, let me do this, man. Yeah, was- no. I get that, but also, weren't they more acquaintances? I mean, I when know. they did the little hype about thing, come on, that was nice, man. They were close friends. Also, do you need, do we really need two Jeopards in the group? Like, wow. that's a little Now that's, that's a, for a man who was just talking about how he got got by the emotional moment, you're like, we can't have a two, two Jeopards. Not this <laughs> nice other Jeopard. That the guy has to die. Death sentence. You just, you just signed Jimmy's death warrant. That was yeah. awful. He deserved to die. Oh my God! <laughs> wow. Don't you dare! I wish now, we had seen him die. Wow! Uh, I, yeah, I I think that there's the only thing better than one Jeopard is two Jeopards. Okay, and uh, all I, Jeopards. I loved I love Jimmy. And, I want to uh, see all Jeopards. Do you know what you should check out? Then there's a, a there's team a show of Jeopards. That, there's a show that actually has a team of Jeopards. It's called Football. Yeah, I, I'm aware <laughs> of it. Okay, 
I'm aware of it. <laughs> You're going to love it. It's a lot of people sacrificing themselves. Yeah, the story is very weird sometimes. It's hard to follow, but a lot of people like it. Yeah, there's a lot of narration, though. There's a guy who's like, <laughs> well, here we are at another football game. And then he talks about what's happening. You're gonna. It's, it's like there's. It's all Jeopards and a couple James Brolins every episode. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the fact that they keep referencing uh, Grogu, like the um, obviously Yoda from the uh, right? Yoda, 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 Yoda. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're going to get Grogu. Like, is that what sort of synergy you think is there? And can we have a cuter th- like Gus? Talk about two Jeopards. We have Gus and Grogu. Uh, Do you think same, Gus the is the Grogu of the show, or is Bobby the Grogu of the show? Don't bring up Bobby. Me, Bobby. Stop it. <laughs> oh, Bobby. Bobby yeah. Bobby's entered the stream in the fourth uh, rectangle that we have here. Bobby podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bobby, stop. Stop. Uh, Bobby, what's your take on... <laughs> no. 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 Bobby's sick of cancel culture. <laughs> oh my God! Mom, come for Bobby. <laughs> no. Oh, I knew it. Oh. Bobby, where were you on January sixth? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby at Capitol. Oh my God! All right, uh, this guy's trouble. Go yeah. get out of go. Go watch the zoo. Me shout through ARC mail slot. Scrape. This will age well. Yeah, this is going to really, yeah. I just think that the um, the stuff on the train, it was nice to see that, like, um, Bear got a moment uh, with Gus and, you know, just was, I, I think it just builds the relationship better and I was glad to see it. And then the fact that, uh, you know, Jep and Bear made up is great for the team moving forward. You know, here's the thing that I've been kind of scared to say all podcasts because I know Pete is going to yell at me about it. I love this episode like I love every episode of this show. This is the one to me that felt like table setting a little bit. It felt like moving the chess pieces around. Ooh, and I like middling. Yes, a very middling episode. It, it just between what was going on on the train, what was going on with Amy, what was going on with Singh, it was a lot about moving and getting people to different places, which I understand could be a thematic thing since they're dealing with the train. But at the same time, there wasn't quite as much plot movement as there has been in previous episodes Go so while yourself. i enjoyed it i thought it was a beautifully shot episode it got me emotionally just like everything does it still was a lesser episode of the series for me i i hear you in that it didn't really stand alone it didn't uh, how it dare really, you it was don't really hop on, on the shit train with him uh, sorry, I landed on a big old stack of toilet paper, my friend, on the shit train. Uh, I think the arc of the episode is built around Jimmy, but I agree with you. It wasn't enough to be like, this episode is this. And it was definitely um, moving us to the next place we need to be, much like a train. But I do think the revelations that Jefford go through were a nice emotional beat that made it feel like this episode did need to happen. It's not like this is a complete. Yeah, like plot. I said, I like the episode. It was good. I just no. Come need on, to bring the that super up to really villain Pete. lean in with the one glass, uh, the one sunglass flip. I mean, come on, that's worth the episode alone. I mean, that was some real shit right there. I mean, come on. How do you, why do you think you'll need a, a one, each sunglass separately to rotate on? It? You know, it depends you on you know, like near side of you know. It's like yeah, if your eyes are. Little, you know what I mean? It's extra. So, do your sunglasses do that, Pete? Can you pop up? Um... Dude, this is some futuristic shit. I can't wait to go online and see if I can get a, a one popper or a double <laughs> popper. popper. You know what a I mean? Pinky like, popper. 
Uh, yeah. We start with Pinky's that. Popping. No, Pinky's popping. We got some Pinky popping in this episode. Um, glad to see the dog found his way home. Oh, yeah. That was... If you had to make the call, dog, dog or Jimmy, dog or Jimmy, which do you choose? Because the show chose Jimmy. dog. You choose really? Jimmy. Uh, dog does smell like Will Forte's feet, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that might come yeah. in handy later. Mm-hmm. What you're forgetting is we don't know what Jimmy smells like. We didn't identify. Oh, yeah. I wanted at the end James Brolin to come on and be like, Jimmy smelled like a <laughs> old package of Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, you man. can't. You're never going to see those again. That's, yeah. I wish to smell like that someday. You probably do. Stick with the lifestyle <laughs> you have, Pete. You're going to be there very soon. All right. Let's talk about Sing since you brought up Abbott in this storyline. A lot of this is about Sing and Ronnie. And like we've been talking about, I was certainly thinking about uh, what we talked about the last episode. Ronnie is ruthless. Like yeah, she, she's reckless. She don't give a fuck. Well, she wants to survive. She has the survival instinct that Singh doesn't have in the same way. And he certainly is relatively good about thinking on his feet and lying about this cure once she sets it up. But the actress has this great look when she realizes that Abbott is going to leave them to die anyway, where she suddenly shoots out, no, uh, what about the cure? You're not going to yeah, get the cure. You'll never get the cure. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Uh, and then what was tough was seeing them fight a little bit, you know, like Ronnie and Dr. Singh kind of fighting. And uh, it was it was heartbreaking. But then it was real nice, uh, you know, when they sat next to each other on the bed there and made up. So and made out? Made up. Oh. Uh, just hoping I didn't <laughs> up miss and anything. out, I always say. Yeah, you don't. You Did you miss something in the episode? You saw the same thing I did. It's easier to make out, or make up, than make out, than make out, than make up. I found. <laughs> uh, just if you're uh, talking about. Wait, how does that go order. again? Uh, definitely uh, make up, than make out. Don't make out, than make up. Okay, is what right. I hope to teach my children. Um, but what, what I this episode really made me think. At this point, is is Ronnie just playing sing? Is it about them or is it about her? Because it's they've done such a great job of being like they're this great true Together. love couple. Yeah. And then it's slowly starting to think that Ronnie's maybe acting on her own. Would she betray Sing for if if How Abbott then you. somehow? Well, How I, I don't know. You. She's moving in this episode without consulting Sing. She's taking it. They're tied up of, against yeah. a fucking chair. What do you? You gotta fucking try dramatic shit, man. Come on. But it, it's gonna come down to Sing has to find the cure, not Ronnie. So like. She's put Sing on the hook, and she hasn't. She's ready to make the moral compromises that maybe he's not, and she's putting him on the same hook that she is comfortably sliding onto. I think there's a little bit of. I understand what you're saying, but I think there's a little bit more nuance there. I think if the chips were down, I think you're absolutely right. That how much more down do the chips have to be? The chips are fucking down, dude. If, if the Abbott Doritos are on gun, the table, if Abbott took a gun and said, "I'm going to kill you," or "I'm going to kill Sing." I think she would say kill Sing. You know, that's, that's no where, way. No, that's, that's where I'm I think saying. she's at. But I don't think she's there. And I don't think that's what her motivation is right now. She wants to survive, but she also loves her husband wholly and completely. And you can see that throughout the episode. Mm. She believes in him. She believes he can find the cure. But she is the sort of, it's a very Walking Dead character in a certain way where yeah. she is morally challenged. Sing is on a different level and isn't quite there yet. He still is very comfortable in Rockridge, but he's getting pushed to that place. But Ronnie has been dealing with the fact that she could die at any moment for a decade now, something like that. So she just wants to live. That's what she wants. She wants to do it with her husband, but if 
there was a life or death scenario, I think you are right that ultimately she would go with herself. She would hate it. She would not be happy about it, but she would go with herself. So then you don't blame her for her choices. You think she has just been, she's had to deal with this. And if you are, if your life is hanging in the balance for this long, it's hard to have a real moralistic look at the world. I don't know about you guys and not to get too dark about it, but because I do watch a lot of zombie TV shows, I do spend too much time thinking about what would I actually do in this situation? What would I actually do when the chips are down? And I think I would like to think, no, you know, I would always sacrifice myself for my children. But I think you don't actually know until you're in that scenario, to be perfectly honest. Well, as... I've been in that scenario with you and you push someone in front of a, a truck to get out yeah, of the way I to have, save yourself. Yeah. This is you would throw story, those kids. Yeah. You would throw those kids under a bus. Like, yeah, that also in, wasn't in my child. Heart. It was our tech yeah. producer. Who sure, you didn't it really did, love. It didn't like, I don't know if you had enough time to consider no, a relationship before you pushed. All I'm saying is it was a full grown adult. I almost pushed in front of a truck. It was not a child. Okay. I want to clip. And that was not a zombie situation. That was a regular situation. We really papered over the fact that it's not. There's no. There's no zombie apocalypse. So you're saying that since in a regular situation where I was walking out of a convention center, I almost killed somebody to save my life. You think it would somehow be different with zombies? Yeah, I'm the saying answer is no. It wouldn't be different. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You, it would be worse. Fact, I, it would yeah, be worse. It would be, be faster. Worse. Yeah, yeah. I think you would pick up a kid and throw it at a zombie to like buy you some time. The second or anybody says the word zombie, I'm just throwing kids in front of traffic <laughs> left and right. The zombie prank I was planning on pulling on you is really going to come bite me. Oh, that's going to be. Yeah, that's not going to go well. Uh, what did you think about the conversation on the bed in particular, Justin? I'm curious to hear from you since you seem kind of doubt on the relationship. To the point we were saying, like. It, all the pleasantries aside, I think they're in a place where the path is dark and um, they can talk about the bright side, but the, all their choices and everything that is happening to them keeps pushing them on to the other direction. I don't know. The way they hung on like together, it feels like the answer is going to be something about like both their bloods or something because like she has had it for a long time and been fighting it off. So like her immune system's got to be strong and like he somehow hasn't got it the whole time. So like, I feel like maybe with the way they kind of hung on the word together, like that's going to be kind of the answer moving forward. What did you think about the murderer that got to go free um, in this episode? (laughs) That's what I was going to ask about. Yeah. The horse horse. gets to go free. I legitimately shot of the horse. Maybe this is a different show and this would have happened on a different show, but I thought the horse was going to die somehow. (laughs) I thought the horse was going to like run it directly (laughs) into a wood chipper and just die. Justice. Yeah. Uh, You think the horse was himself going to get horsed by a larger horse? (laughs) (laughs) That's the only justice. We needed that horse to get horsed. You just got horsed. Yeah. Uh, I'm recording the vo- voiceover tracks for the pilot for our prank show, Get Horsed. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working on it. I did some outreach. I'm working on, fingers crossed, getting James Brolin to narrate Get Horsed, our prank show as well. Nice. It's- I, it doesn't make as much sense to have these heartfelt uh, <laughs> aphorisms uh, for a show about pranking people with a bu- bunch of horse hooves to the their bodies. But A horse is a powerful beast. Oh, but... That can kick you in the chest. But sometimes the chest is a funny place to get kicked. 
Well, Topher Grace, you just got horsed. <laughs> That's her celebrity get horsed, which is uh, sort of the next iteration. Yeah, we got most of the cast of that 70s show, which is very exciting. Uh, yeah. So the zoo, um, it was hysterical that Bobby uh, was like, oh, check on the tunnels. And we find out Bobby's tunnels, like he's not just digging like a little mole person. He's like putting down brick setting up lights down no, there like bobby is a foreman like you can't believe like bobby's gotta have a crew back there bobby Holy did shit. not build that tunnel it seemed like he did because they're like <laughs> yeah. bobby check on the tunnels you built that we mentioned earlier and then we're in the tunnels and holy shit is it immaculate down there bobby's an unbelievable bricklayer uh he put in some water filtration he's got some light he's got electronic it's just really impressive. I love the idea that Bobby goes underground and is like smoking a cigarette, being like, "All right, hey, uh, <laughs> to hey the guys, other otters, like, that, uh, yeah. hey, hey, who's bringing, who's laying the pipe? Oh, you fucking kidding me? You didn't finish with the pipe? <laughs> you didn't finish with the pipe, Bob? You got two hundred fifty feet short here. Come on." Yeah. I love the tension in this storyline with the last men coming to the fence, the way that was filmed through the That was driving outside. nuts how calm they were, like, oh, we should calmly pack up our stuff and walk they away were, slowly. No, they had they were getting out of there. They were getting no, out of there. No, they sort of ran. It should have been like, Holy shit, run, get your shit. They were like Let's what see. I'm talking about very specifically is the shot through the monitor where we see one last man and then a second last man and then a third last man. The way that tension slowly builds there, I oh. thought was so smartly and carefully done. Um, and yeah, they get out of there. Amy evacuates the kids, puts Pigtail, a.k.a. Wendy, turns out her name is, in charge, uh, which I thought was great. I love their relationship still. And Amy sitting with the gun. You got to have to love that, Pete. Wait, first off, you don't why, like this storyline. I think that's what's going on. Here. I have you don't a problem like with it. Bobby. You don't like Bobby. I don't. Yeah, like I don't like the way uh, she's pretending with pigtail. Anyway, so like pretending. Yeah, she's not. All right. Anyway, well, there's a lot to uncover there. But uh, my point is this. Clearly, he they were way too casual. And then why is she le why is she staying in a zoo that's going to get broken into so she get can take out two of them, maybe three before she dies? Like. Why aren't you with the hybrids? Like, why aren't you helping? You don't just send him down a tunnel and be like, take care of it from here, Bobby. Like, he's not going to be able to do anything. I think we're going to, um, first off, don't underestimate Bobby. He's um, He can run a $7 million tunnel construction project. <laughs> you're I right, think you're he, right. My bad. My he's, bad. Actually, he's actually the foreman on the, the tunnel, the new tunnel connecting uh, Manhattan and New Jersey. So watch your back. Smart. Um, Smart. He's taking kickbacks from two states in this great union of ours. Uh, no, what I was going to say is that I think she is, she has a strategy here. I think she loves the zoo and the preserve that she set up. And she thinks if she can deal with the last men and without the hybrids there at risk, and also that's what they're after. I think she can try to preserve the preserve is what she wants to do. Oh, she's preserving the preserve? Yeah. To make she more also, preserves. She's doing the same thing that Jimmy did in the Gus storyline. is She's staying behind to potentially sacrifice herself to protect the things that she loves. And the same thing the horse did, which the horse gets out and escapes in the Sing storyline and eventually is going to come back and kick Abbott in the chest. Nice. I can't <laughs> wait for that. If that happens, oh my God, I would lose my mind. Maybe the real sweet tooth is the horse. Maybe the it, real it, sweet tooth is the horse. Get horse. <laughs> it's called a peanut butter tooth. 
uh, well, let me say, while we're back on the horse, it is interesting to me if the horse is a symbol for the uh, for the Sing storyline. The horse killed Nancy and gets to run free. Like the horse went on the moral, uh, morally dark path, killed a human, <laughs> and gets to run free. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you're right. I'm, that horse is a villain on the loose at this point. Did you guys? <laughs> Who knows how it's going to come back? Have has, has anyone really done autopsies on people that died from the sick? Because I think the pinky is just someone being like, "Oh, is that a horse I feel near me?" It's a horse sensor. Horse. Horse. Oh, horse. <laughs> exactly. It's the last protection. M Night Shyamalan produces Sweet Tooth. It's a horse sensor, and the sick. It's a hoof to your forehead. Watch your back, or else you you're guys- getting horsed. Did you guys like the uh, League of uh, League of Your Own uh, nod in this? Oh God, what? <laughs> there's no crying in the apocalypse. You know, like uh, there's no crying did, in yeah. baseball. There's no crying in the apocalypse. And Jeopard, straight faced, looked at a beer uh, a deer kid and said, "Buck up." I mean, come on, what was that? That was really a line. That's really what you're gonna say to a deer kid. You're gonna say, "Buck up." That was insane. Why don't we move on to the candy review portion of this episode? And as mentioned before, we're going to be talking about Twizzlers. Very exciting. Uh, I wow, you got the big bag, Justin. Big bag. Well, you I mean, I, I had to go to multiple stores, um, mm-hmm. and I almost only had Twizzler bites, but I ended up oh. finding a big bag that yeah. was dusty. I had to blow it off like an old, <laughs> like an old tome. Oh, I love the smell of Twizzlers in the morning. Oh, Here's man. the thing that I'll say about Twizzlers. Uh, they are, first Ooh. of all, my go-to movie candy. Mm-hmm. Just because they last for like a while. A like you get a package. I, I don't, Red Vines you can use as a straw. Twizzlers a little too yep. thin. No, you bite off each other. What are you talking about? They are my go-to movie candy. I love them because they last a while. They don't tear up your mouth like a Sour Patch Kid. Yep. Uh, I honestly sometimes have had them, like, when I go to a movie theater late, I've had them, they've straight up been my dinner. Um, and I love them. They're my favorite movie candy. The rest, every other kind of Twizzler, other than the basic Twizzler, sucks. Like, yep. straight up is oh, awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because yeah. Twizzlers, it says on the package, strawberry. What is this? No, Twizzlers are Twizzler flavor. There's no. If someone was like, "What is this flavor?" I'd be like, "There's no strawberry in this." No, it's like wax and mm-hmm. some With the best kind of wax. or something. Uh, but it's very good. I like it. Like you were saying a couple episodes back, Justin, it's definitely like work. But I think that's the yeah. thing that I like about it. It's not just popping in your mouth and it's going down. Um, yeah, you want to work for your candy. Yeah. I also, I don't even know if you guys, do you guys agree with this? That like, we got the, you know, the basic package that comes with, what is it? 10 of them. And you got the big sack. Those are both good. Even the Halloween ones, the mini Twizzlers. Yeah, mini Twizzlers are great. Oh, I was going to say they're not even as good. Like there's a difference. A little harder. Exactly. Uh, But Twizzlers, good candy. I love fucking Twizzlers. Uh, They are a great good. (laughs) I'm going to take that out of context. Yeah, I'm um, going to take that literally. <laughs> you guys are assholes. Uh, they're a great go-to. Hole's pretty you, tidy, Pete. Also, like, if they can get hot, so they don't melt like chocolate. They they last. Uh, you get 20 of these fucking things in a package. It's fantastic. It's a whole meal, or it's light if you want it. You can rip them up. There's no wrong way to eat them. It's just, it's, it's just a classic candy that is a good time. And they always taste the same. <laughs> 
it's strange to me that there is a freshness quotient to Twizzlers. Unlike most mm -hmm. candy, I feel like once you open the package, the other ones do sort of get stale. And that is, it, this makes me think like, what is this? What is this? You gotta stuff? eat it fast. It's like <laughs> waxy, ropey substance that. You do, you're absolutely right. You have about a day to eat the Twizzlers tops before they go bad. Pete, are you eating two at a time right now? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. What's the, what's the rush? They're not going bad right now. Like I was saying, part of the joy is that they take a while. So I like to like last. What I also like to do, which is probably very gross, but when I get towards the edge of the package, when I have the last two or three, I like to like suck on them a little bit and let them dissolve. Oh my God. What the fuck? Gross. Sucking on a <laughs> yeah, Twizzler? Dude. Sucking on a Twizzler? <laughs> That's weird. That's a new weird. audio cue. <laughs> um, Sucking on a Twizzler. I also like Twizzlers. We, Twizzlers was one of the few candies we had in our house because my mom likes them. Pete, now you're eating three at a time? What is your rush? So we don't have to finish the package by the end of the podcast. Um, I'm so, tasting a candy uh, high. This, this is a good candy, and I do. The smell of Twizzlers is synonymous with going to the movies, I feel mm -hmm. like. Because mm -hmm. I do think, just whether you get them or not, the movie theater often smells a little like Twizzlers. <laughs> I don't know why. Is that something that Twizzler pays to pipe in? Yeah, Maybe. they have a piping popcorn and Twizzlers, but you're absolutely right. They're also, those are complimentary. Like, there's not a lot of candy that I feel like you get the candy, you get the popcorn, but there's something about the slight sweetness of a Twizzler and the saltiness of a popcorn. It goes pretty well together. I wow. think Junior Mints and popcorn go together. Mm. We always used to get Junior I Mints. Both. Practice. I junior love mints. Junior Mints. All three. That, to me, that is a thing of its own, because having mint with anything else, not a huge fan of that. You know, my the candy that I was obsessed with when I was growing up, Peppermint patties. Oh, really? Mm. I thought you were gonna say Rolos. No, too too hard on the teeth. Oh, I love Rolos. Peppermint so, patty, extreme. I'm kind of surprised. I think this is a rare triple agreement on a candy from us. We all like Twizzlers. That puts it near the top, I would say, in contention for the syrup cup, the award that we're going to give uh, for the Ooh. best candy. At the, the prestigious the award. Two yeah, more apps. Two one. more candies. It's very exciting. We're going to have to see what happens. And for all of you out there, you can support our podcast at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come on by. We would love to talk to you about Sweet Tooth or candy or whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. It's all good iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Justin, you better eat all those, man. Garbage. This is trash. Pete, you are now eating the package. Stop eating the package, <laughs> Pete. That's disgusting. Just licking the inside. See if I can get any more. While you're at it, quit sucking on that Twizzler. Your mouth's <laughs> happy enough. <laughs> <laughs>